We're here for another edition of The War Room here on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. With us, as always, it seems at this point, is uh, Rob Barkus, Parsons High School Athletic Director and Assistant Principal. Rob, uh, we're recording this on Easter Sunday. What'd you do? Uh, just spent time with the family. Uh, Tanner came back from college, and we had a little family dinner last night. Uh, all the kids were there, and they're uh, significant others, and mm-hmm. we just had a nice dinner and hung out for a little while. How is Tanner Barkus doing, former uh, Parsons Vikings all-around athlete, Shrine Bowl competitor always uh, always good to see tanner how's he doing up at, up at ku right yeah he's up at ku um got a little internship this summer and uh working for a company out of kansas city so i don't know how much he'll be home this summer but uh he's having a good time in college definitely good good for him thank you let's jump uh right into spring sports uh obvious, but but obviously first though i kind of want to talk a little bit about how that girls basketball season ended they were the longest running spring or winter sport you guys had going they got to the state tournament uh first time in 30 years they made the state tournament i had pat shiby on with his daughter sydney shiby and i him in on the show uh right before that state bid uh what was kind of just your reaction to first first of all just them making the state tournament i thought that win at lewisburg best win in a long time for the parsons girls and they, they've had some good wins in that stretch but I mean that I, that was a tough team on the road they beat. Yeah, I thought it was real impressive to go on the road in a in a sub-state final where, uh, you know, like you said, thirty years since we won a big game like that, and uh, we played, we played. I thought we played well. I mean, that was the best were, defensive was, game they yeah. put together all year because there was it was a five-person senior lineup for uh, Lewisburg, and I think they had two seniors come off the bench. Yeah, that was a, a senior-laden team they had, and. Uh, you know, we got a little bit of a lead, and they got a little bit of a lead, and it was just back and forth. But then at the end, uh, you know, when we get that four or five point lead, and it gets under the two minute mark, and uh, Sydney Shabby's going to the free throw line, uh, she's pretty automatic from the free throw line. So yeah. if you can get to that minute mark with a four or five point lead, <clears throat> excuse me, and the other team has to foul, you're pretty comfortable with the outcome. They still got a shot at the end, but you had built just yeah. I mean, whatever insurance you had, that was what. That was the policy that paid off. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it was game. a great run by the girls. Uh, they got down first. That they got down big that first subset game at home and mm-hmm. just whittled they, away and whittled away. Like they really should have never been there if you were watching the first quarter of their game again. Gosh, who did they play? Holton. Holton. Holton that's I right. That, yeah. that Holton team raced out to 16 points ahead in the first quarter. Yeah, it was just they just fought and fought and fought. And they, 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 you know, they had a lot of games like that where you thought that. Uh, they had no. They were out of it, and before you know it, it's a one or two point game, and they're in it. Yeah. And uh, those two games, they found a way to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go and face Andale at the state tournament. Andale, they were very, very athletic. Uh, they were they're, they're more athletic than the Parsons Vikings girls team. Uh, they have I'm can't, I'm blanking on her name right now, and I apologize to anybody from Andale who might be <laughs> listening to the show, but uh, they have. One of the they have the best javelin thrower in the country at yeah. the high school. I believe age. she's going to Texas A and M on scholarship. Yeah, yeah and so. they they had a lot of good athletes behind them. Honestly, they remind me of some of Christy Snyder's teams at Labette County uh, in the last four or five years of her tenure, where they were just super athletic. They had a couple girls that could maybe shoot the three that would at least keep your defense spread, and they were perfectly comfortable just just wearing you down over the course of the game. And that's what played out because Parsons. They were tied in the first quarter, and Parsons led most of the first quarter. You were thinking, all right, this is going to be a competitive game. Slowly, Andale just just continued to 
you know, chip a, chip ahead essentially. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just don't think Parsons had the depth. Uh, it's a cliche question, but how, it, how vital do you feel like that experience just going to Salina was? That's a group. I mean, you think about some of the girls that have come through the Parsons Vikings basketball program over the last, you know, 20, 30 years that have never got Nina Taylor, never got to go to state. How, vi- you know, what, what do you gain as, as a young athlete? Uh, from just from just going there in your perspective uh, you, you, it just makes you want to go back um, and then once you're there the first time it's not so intimidating that that second time mm-hmm. uh, because you're in that arena that's a that's a big arena with yeah. you know not a lot of fans even in, even when both teams travel well there's a lot of empty space big. in that arena yeah, yeah I feel it's too big but uh, Keisha does the best they can I'm not faulting Keisha for that it's just for a 4A uh, basketball tournament, I feel like that's just too large of an arena to get a the kind of atmosphere you want. The best atmosphere uh, in my time uh, for state basketball, uh, putting you know the, the success of whether the team won or lost aside, it was the Parsons boys when uh, they took fourth in Emporia. Yeah, that was a fun atmosphere because it, the the fans were close court. It was loud in that game. The game I saw that year was. Uh, again, I'm blanking on who they played in that first round, uh, but they were down like four, like a minute and a half left, and they came back and won it. That place was cranking loud. Yeah, that's where, you know, when Parsons was 5A, that's where when, when I went to school and when I played and when I went to watch, that's where we played. So, like you said, that's the fans are right up next to the court, and that's a smaller arena, and mm-hmm. that, that's just a wide auditorium, just a great atmosphere for basketball. And But, I mean... <laughs> We talk about maybe the the it's now Tony's Pizza Event Center or whatever. I I always will know it as the Bicentennial Center right. up in Salina. Maybe just being a little too big. I mean, you got two A playing in Bramlage up there in Manhattan. That's a huge atmosphere. I, I and I wonder too, how do you balance for Bramlage? It's like okay, at least you get to play in Bramlage. That's pretty cool that you're playing on K State's floor. Of course. Uh, Tony's Pizza Event Center doesn't have that same allure, so to speak. I, I, but. I wonder what a different site could be in Salina. Uh, uh, I'm not sure for sites. When you get 16 teams there and their fans, you mm-hmm. have to have a, you know, it's got to be a bigger to town, infra- a bigger city. Yeah, infrastructure. That's almost Definitely. the more important thing to and Places for people to stay, uh, places yeah. to eat. So uh, there's not very many choices in Kansas when you want to hold big events. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to the one last person I want to talk about before we move on to kind of how the spring sports have gotten started is um, uh, Brianna Patterson, the sen- the lone senior on that Parsons girls team. It, you know, it, it kind of hit me over the course of the week from that Lewisburg game to them playing and that was her story. Yeah. As much definitely. as it was everybody else. That was a gr- that she was the last survivor of a team outside of coach Shibe even that uh, was on that Owen 19 team uh, four years ago. It, it, it can be debilitating to go through a winless season. And uh, as you see, anybody who was on that team that was a freshman didn't stick it out. And except her, uh, she had moments this year where she was playing very well. Uh, you know, she was a Parsons uh, lacked some point guard play at times. That was probably their biggest deficiency was they didn't have a true point guard. Uh, she inherited that role at times, and especially in the Lancer Classic, I thought she was playing really well in that role. Uh, you see Brianna in the halls every day, you know, 
tell me a little bit about Brianna and kind of what you saw in that in, in that uh, basketball journey of hers. Uh, like you said, she's the one. She's the one that didn't win a game her freshman year. That that's the senior that that makes it for the first time in thirty years. I mean, that's the legacy she leaves behind. Uh, quiet girl, nice girl, polite, always smiling, but she's a competitor. I mm-hmm. mean, she competes when she gets out there. Uh, she just never has a down day when you see her. I see her at school and talk to her. Uh, she's just always happy and and ready to face the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on now to the spring sports. Let's talk. Let's start with baseball, and let's start with the fact with with the decision that you had some influence on, and that was the new head coach, Josh Robertson. Uh, a uh, you know he him and his new assistant, Mikey Ramsey, uh, among that coaching staff, uh, they have been very influential. Uh, with what is now that freshman group at Parsons and their Babe Ruth journey. They were the Babe Ruth coaches all the way through, essentially. Uh, and that group had a lot of success in, in the Babe Ruth ranks, too, as well. We're seeing uh, Mikey Ramsey, the freshman. He's having some good outings on the Hill. Uh, he's probably the best freshman on that group. Uh, Josh Robertson, uh, what made him the choice to replace uh, Gerald Beermore as the Parsons Vikings baseball head coach? Well, we had uh, one returning coach in, in Luke Manor, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, I relied on Luke a lot, uh, and he, another Parsons graduate. Uh, what makes me most proud about that is that there are three Parsons graduates that are that are on that coaching staff. They, you know, they all played three. They all played at Parsons and have deep ties to Parsons baseball. So uh, Luke definitely helped in that decision. But uh, during the interview process, uh, Mikey, I'm sorry, Mike, the yeah, other one's Mike. Mikey, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike made it pretty clear that he was happy to just assist Josh and Josh and. Josh came in and uh, did great in his interview. He's got a passion for the game. He's got he's got a knowledge of the game and mm-hmm. and not so much the older kids, but as you said, they really know the kids coming up. And I feel like that's going to be a solid program for for many years to come. Now, what's interesting about the program that he inherits is a lot of times when a new coach comes in, and it's not every time, but a lot of times in high school sports, new coach comes in, they're inheriting a mess, so to speak, and that is not what Josh inherited. Josh inherited a team that. While they went 8-11 and 11 last year, they were playing their best ball down the end of the year. They really probably should have won that game against Rock Creek uh, in the sub-state first round. They, they were just a few misplayed balls defensively away from playing for a sub-state championship. Uh, and that was a team that was very young as well. Uh, I, I'm curious, kind of, you know, you have a team that has a strong identity. A, a lot of those kids have played on football teams that they've won. Uh, you know, double-digit games over the last few years. They've played on basketball teams that uh, have... Uh, you know, especially this year, you see they finished with a winning record after after the start to the year they had. That Anthony Houck really, uh, you know, had that team playing its its best ball at the end of the year. Now you've got this group that has a, a strong bond amongst itself. Getting a new leader, what were the challenges you felt like Josh faced in, in creating what were essentially on the fly relationships with these kids that he knows are probably going to last one or two years? How do you kind of expedite that process so to speak uh well let's 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 back up a little bit and and you know i know uh, gerald beardmore was our coach for many years mm-hmm. and you know as a coach when you when you know you have kids coming back it's hard to make that decision to leave mm-hmm. and and you know gerald made that decision that that he wanted to spend some more time away from the game but you know he's at every game he's he's doing our scoreboard he's still involved uh so you're right. Josh didn't inherit a mess. He he inherited a very strong program, and that's a tribute to Gerald uh, Beardmore that 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 built that program. Or didn't build it, but just yeah. 
left him, you know, some foundation. So I think uh, Josh just wanted to come in with, I think Luke Manners again has been a big bridge for that uh, to build those relationships with those kids. I think there have been, uh, you know, I don't think he's made any major changes, you know. Uh, I think they wanted to clean up language a little bit, but, you know, on a baseball field, you don't always hear stuff yeah. <laughs> in the dugout, but I think uh, the dugout decorum's a, is one thing they wanted to work on and, and just kids that it, when they weren't playing, uh, being in the game, and I think they've yeah. done a great job of that so far right now. They're 3-3, three and three and uh, they played some good baseball. Absolutely. Uh, let's go to a quick break, but when we come back, uh, more War Room here on KOKC Radio with Rob Barkus, Parsons High School Athletic Director. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Don't go anywhere. We're back here on the War Room on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. We've got Rob Barkus, Parsons High School Assistant Principal and Athletic Director, joining us. He's just the stable of the show, the most <laughs> appeared guest by far. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're the, you've got to be in double digits at this point, and I'm pretty sure you're the only one that's even like above six. Probably so. So, uh, we were talking, we talked about baseball coming out. Let's switch over to the other side of that aisle and let's talk about softball. Uh, softball was at an interesting place during the preseason when uh, there were some concerns about numbers. Uh, talking with Shelby Liska and with you. There, were, there was a plan in place at one point. You guys were going to go to a JB-only season. Um, a, a couple girls showed up, you know, at the 11th hour, and you were able to revert back to a varsity season. Uh, you had lost some scheduled dates um, in in that in those few days you had made those decisions. I know you're trying to fill those. Uh, but a few weeks later, Parsons is staring down the barrel of a 1-2 and two record, and I understand that's a losing record. That's the earliest they've won in the season in a long time. And that was their first, they won, they split a home series with Caney Valley. That was their first home win since 2017. Uh, we're, and honestly, too, the, the bats were getting going in that series. It seems like Parsons is certainly, watching them play, it seems like they're certainly more consistent hitters than they have been even last year. Take me through kind of your thought process with the state of the softball program as it, as it stands today. Um, you, you pretty much explained it pretty well there. Uh, the first two and a half weeks of practice, uh, not sure we had nine girls show up to one whole practice. So, uh, coach Lisk had some concerns and I had some concerns and I talked to the people on our schedule and we had had a, we had agreed to play a JV schedule and then, uh, two or three girls that had played, we know we tried to wait for basketball to be over because those girls were still involved Uh, after basketball. They didn't make a decision right away. Uh, and then after we made the decision and kind of did the work to go to the JV schedule. Uh, a couple of girls decided to come out and, um, luckily enough, we got, I think right now we're back up to 15, maybe 16 games. Uh, Pittsburgh was the only team in league, uh, not to agree to play us or I shouldn't say not to agree. They'd already filled their, their dates and they yeah. didn't want to, they didn't want to back out on the teams that they had mm-hmm. already agreed to play. And unfortunately, Coffeyville, uh, is only playing us once and, Speaking of one and two, we could very well be two and one because I think we lost to them eight to six, bases loaded in the top of the seventh, and uh, lined out to short. Uh, that's that's the game that we could have won. Yeah, we could have been. You know, we could be two and one right now in that season. So, uh, you know, numbers is my only concern. I think there's talent there. There's some freshman girls that are getting some playing time. There's a couple of girls that that hadn't played before mm-hmm. that that are that are really stepping up and. Coach the the Liskas, uh, Wade and Shelby, head coach uh, Shelby and assistant Wade and assistant Jamie Wells. Uh, with the small group of girls they have, like you said, they're hitting the ball well. Uh, they're enthusiastic. They're intense. Uh, 
I think it's going to turn around. I mean, I think we have the right people there to turn around. I just hopefully that'll happen sooner rather than later. And we've talked about it. The turnaround process for them really, you, you're not going to look at, I feel, I don't think you're going to look a ton at how the Parsons Vikings varsity team is doing no. to see where that turnaround has happened is you're looking, okay, where, where are the efforts um, at the middle school and youth ages and, and, and building up? What, what are some, some of the steps that you've seen Shelby take with that? Uh, to try and, and build a more solid foundation uh, with, with the sport and the community to try so really to fix the issues before right. they get there, essentially. Well, I th- she's holding some clinics, you know, for, to try to get the girls, girls involved. Uh, I think she's coaching a 12 and under team, and her husband Wade's coaching a 10 and under team. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're trying to get involved. They they don't have a they don't have children yet that are that are you know that play softball. So they're they're giving their time to try to build those build those bonds with the community. So I think hopefully those two being involved and working closely with the rec, I know Gary Crispin works hard for us. Uh, hopefully those numbers will go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking, uh, you know, looking at that game that Parsons won. First off, one of the people I was happiest for was Maria Wilson. She has done nothing but show up every day and, and pitch her best. And are the numbers there? No, but you know, at the one the one game Parsons won last year was like the one game she didn't pitch, and I remember thinking, "Gosh, it almost it sucks that Maria didn't get that." She looks a lot better this year. She's keeping more. You know, she saw more strikes, yep. uh, locating her pitches better, and I, I was super happy for her. What you know, I asked you to tell me about Brianna. Tell me a little bit about Maria. What you kind of what your experience is like with her day to day. Another girl that's uh, softball's the only sport she plays for us, but I see her a lot. You know, in school. Uh, she's another just she's just a good kid she she's happy at school uh she's in the orchestra i know that she she um she just works hard like you said she shows up every day uh, i've seen her you know she started since she was a freshman i mean she's pitched mm-hmm. she's pitched double headers for us uh since her freshman year for three straight years uh and that man like you said shows up every day works hard that's that's showing in her pitch location right now and Mm -hmm. she's able to get some batters out uh she knows when she made a mistake she came and told me uh the chanute game they were trying to walk one of the chanute hitters and she said she made a mistake and that that girl took her yard so she was more disappointed in herself that she didn't hit the spot that she knew she should have hit so Mm -hmm. uh, she's always studying what she can do better which is always great to see in a young player and then another um exciting uh you know you're i'll Ask about two more players. The first one being Arissa Wan. Again, I believe she's the only senior on that yes. team. Uh, you know, she had a big day against Caney Valley. I want to say she had, you know, five RBI, four hits. Uh, Arissa Wan, another name not, not a ton of people are going to be familiar with. Uh, you know, what, what, what are you kind of seeing out of her on the field? Well, you talked about Brianna being the one that stuck out the, mm-hmm. the freshman basketball. Arissa stuck out uh, two years of no wins and then last year with one win. So, uh, another girl that, man, she's just, you see her at school, she's smiling, she's happy, and I know every day that coaches count on her, she's going to be at practice, she's going to work hard. Uh, she's really showing out at the plate this year. She's had some good at-bats. Uh, she's playing some catcher, you know. I don't mm-hmm. think that's really where she wants to play, but uh, she's doing what's best for the team right now. She's putting on the catcher's gear, and she's catching for us. And five for five with five, five RBIs, that's, mm-hmm. that's a great night. Real quick, you said two win, two years with no wins. 
Was, wouldn't her freshman year be the COVID year that was canceled? Okay, you're right. Is that, sorry, uh, yeah. that was a real you, question. You are correct. Which is almost, it's like she went from season canceled to no right. wins to now the program's on an upward trajectory. Last one I'll talk about, and this is going to be the perfect segue to track, is Riley Dunlay. Uh, had, and I, tw- I sent out a tweet about this, but what a day she had on Thursday. She goes to front and neck to the Raider Invitational at track meet. Um, I can't remember which was which, but she finished fifth in one of the throwing events. She does shot put and discus. Mm-hmm. She got fifth in one and fourth in the other. Uh, Mom drives her back uh, to front and neck. Uh, or, I'm sorry, drives her back to Parsons. She plays game two against Caney Valley, the one that won, the one that they won, and uh, she is the one that hit the walk off RBI single. Uh, Riley Dunley uh, was a starter for the was a starter at state for the Parsons Vikings in girls basketball. Uh, this is a girl who uh, made state and track last year. Uh, probably doesn't get quite the respect or, or, or the recognition that she's earned, so to speak. Cool day, though. You don't really... It, it's very rare to see an athlete uh, thrive in two sports, better yet, on the same day. Well, you know, tell me about kind of seeing that unfold. You know, the only... I knew that was a possibility of her coming back, but I was worried about, you know, sometimes track meets when you get to throwing events. Don't move as fast as you like, but uh, kudos to Frontenac for uh, running their meet uh, in a timely manner. And uh, Riley got back towards the end of that first game, so I knew she'd play the second game. And I believe there's a Tuesday event uh, when we go to Columbus track meet uh, that we have a home game that she's going to try to get back and do the same thing. And a good thing about the Columbus meet is that's an early start, so I think Mm -hmm. uh, there'll be no issues there with her getting back. But uh, as you said, she was a varsity player in volleyball, Sometimes starter in basketball. Started against Andale. Yeah, state qualifier in track last year. Uh, played softball for us. So she's just she's she plays everything. Uh, she's a great cook, by the way. She makes cookies all the time. Her cookies are they unbelievable. They are, they are unbelievable. But I just said she's kind of one of those girls that's overlooked because she's she's one of the ones that just shows up every day and and you just kind of take her for granted. I mean, she's just kicking it out there. She's doing great. Yes, she um, is. Uh, Looking last one, and we'll talk about it briefly. Is uh, you, you got your track track seasons well underway? Um, it, it, track season's exciting for me because I think there's a lot of athletes in this area that uh, sometimes they're on teams that do great, sometimes they're on teams that don't do so great. But I think there's a lot of athletes in this area that really shine, and it's across all the schools. Uh, Jesse Jones is going to be a great uh, jumper, and Nia Hemmings going to be a great jumper. She was a state medalist last year. Um, I believe what she got second or third. Second or third. Yeah, we have Marion. Uh, yeah, looking at uh, Marion, a great Marianne, high jumper. Yes. Um, you've uh, the Parsons boys took second at that Raider Invitational. Uh, we're looking at Labette County's girls were doing very, did very well as a team at the Pittsburgh State Relays. They have uh, some great distance runners uh, with uh, head coach Chris Wacker. Cherryville has some great athletes, and Bethany um- Bethany Umbarger is the one that stands out to me. Uh, you know, Oswego sent. A, I think every school I had outside of Chautauqua sent a sent a person to state last year. Uh, you were the track coach at Parsons for a long time. Just what's kind of you know, it, you know, what's your perspective and, and thoughts on it, it? It's track season. It can be a very individual sport, but obviously, I you know, those bus rides and and sitting in those tents for a long time <laughs> with each other, it, you become a team. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like we have a, uh, you know, West. Wes has really built our jumping squad into a, a jumper you, know, you baby <laughs> jumper you. I mean, it's a it's probably a state recognized uh, school right now for jumping. We've had such such 
such success since he's taken over the jumping. It's it's been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you mentioned the track athletes. You got to also mention Kenzie Baldwin. Who's Absolutely, her senior year going. Uh, Mr. Ryan got first in the hurdles in the triple, a second in the high, second in the long. Anaya got first in the triple, second in the long at Frontenac. So, mm-hmm. uh, great days for those people. Um, a couple other sports you have Jace Quirin, who's state qualifier in golf. I know yep. we don't have a lot of time, but you know I, I expect him to qualify again for golf in state. Uh, we got tennis. We got Wyatt Schultz. Who, oh my gosh, Te- who, we're who just I almost we're going to go along and talk about tennis. Yeah, I he mean, pushed the. Uh, State champion two years ago and, and state, state runner up state last runner year. up last year to tiebreaker the first set. They have a, a doubles uh, player in a Mason Morris who medaled last year with a foreign exchange student. Uh, you have Tanner Nolting who's our number two singles that would be, number, would be one number one at any, any other SEK league school, any other place independence. in Independence. And uh, we got Connor Barkus and um, his partner uh, Davis West who uh, were qualified for state last year who mm-hmm. who are coming back so uh if independence wasn't so strong right now i think we'd be in real good shape in and tennis. i still think and I it's think, going to be a battle for I, that i believe we are it's really going to be and I, I don't want to forget uh jay square and you know two years uh he qualified for uh state golf state and golf gets his an, freshman and, and gets an accident and then he battles all the way back and qualifies for state again last year so i don't want to forget those sports uh especially those mm-hmm. I mean, I just, just don't want to leave anybody out at this time of the Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about. Well, I'll I'll tell Wayne Gilmore we're going long for right. a Thank little you. bit, Thank but you. let's let's talk about tennis. I was I had about a, a an almost hour long phone call with Jane just about what the season's going to look like. They've had better players over over my time here. Wyatt may end up going down as one of the best in school history, but he is a freshman. Ruger Dixit was probably the best solo player that has been through Parsons since I got here in 2014 on the boys' side. But in terms of top to bottom, that whole team is complete. I mean, yeah. the number two doubles, and I, I'm gonna, I'm forgetting one kid, so you'll you'll call me on it. Davion Holman and his partner Mason Morris. Mason Morris. Yeah. I mean, Davion Holman is the number six guy on that on that list of six. He's good. Yes, he he's, is. He, yes, he's he is. Good. Like, and that's a tight knit group. They get along well and. Uh, they practice. Uh, they practice a long time. I mean, they're down. Yeah. They're down at the courts any chance they get. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wyatt's dad was was a state champion, so you know he he's he's going to feel the weight of that. I think yeah. in the coming years, uh, you know, Coach Posh coached his father, so mm-hmm. it's going to be rough. It's going to be tough on him, but I think he's got the temperament. And he's got the drive, and he's going to end up eventually being if not, possibly state champion this year. If not, then before he graduates, he's going to be right. a state oh, champion. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, independence is very strong. But one thing that we could be staring down the barrel of is Parsons may or may not win the league. They, they, I think anything beyond runner-up would be a massive disappointment. Uh, same thing at regionals. They'll, pro- they'll finish one or two with Indy. This, but you get to state, and the thought is everybody could qualify. If they get all six there... There's a possibility that this team is gonna that Parsons could finish in the top five of state. Definitely, and which, which would mean they're probably the best non-region champion in yeah. the state. Yeah, and it's just because their region is so tough. And and I'm not even putting out that they they might win the region. Yeah, they're, we haven't none of you know they tied for first at Independence's home meet. So I mean, who's to say that they can't go win a league or win a region title? And if Wyatt went, Wyatt lost to uh, Kale Groff, Wyatt Schultz loses to Kale Groff. 
And a tiebreaker. And a tiebreaker, yeah. First, first Yeah. So a tiebreaker just spin. goes a different way. Parsons yeah. wins that meet outright. Yes. So, you know, we're, we're talking about, oh, I don't think writing in Independence as a league or region champion is, is smart at all. I think writing those two schools into the top two spots is, right. is smart. But but that's going to be a toss-up. I've always – Jane has is such a great coach. Jane Posh is such a great coach. She makes tennis exciting. Uh, this is the most excited I've been for a tennis season all just because of how complete that team is. Yeah, we're from top to bottom. You have, like you said, Tanner Nolting would be the number one singles player anywhere, but here in Independence, probably in SCK area. I mean, probably, probably mo- six. I mean, how radius. many 4A schools play tennis? Let's just yeah. say, I mean, if we're going to ballpark it at around 40, 36, yeah. he's, he's going to be the number one at, at at least 30 of them. Probably so. <laughs> I Wouldn't mean, doubt that a bit. And, yeah. and would make state at every single one yes. of those schools and would probably be a league champion at every one of those schools. Yeah. Just he just happens to be behind a very talented Wyatt Schultz. Uh, you know, I am very excited to see how you know, tennis and track looking very competitive. I think they, they have some they could have some very high finishes as we yeah, get to very May. Exciting for track. Yes. And then even baseball, let's see how things pan out. Softball on an upward trajectory. This is the healthiest I think spring sports have been at Parsons in a long time. Yeah, I think that's a testament to our coaching staffs and, and our kids. Mm-hmm. A lot of these kids are playing their third sport of the year, so this could be a time when you would not be so enthusiastic about what you're doing, but uh, we're not getting that. Uh, we're getting our kids bought in, and they're working hard, and, and it's paying dividends for us. Sun's out, and it's time, it's time to shine for, yep, the, for thank the Parsons you. Vikings. You're absolutely right. That'll do it for the War Room here on KOKC Radio. We went long today, but at least you, you all got to hear Rob talk more, so I apologize to the listeners. So Sorry about that. <laughs> That'll do it here on KOKC. I'm your host, Sean Fry. This has been the War Room. Everybody stay safe and God bless.